Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, previewing the biggest weekend of regular season games in, I don't know, recent Wolves memory for sure, at least in a really long time. The Wolves have back-to-back games, back-to-back matinees Saturday and Sunday against the Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. I also want to take a look at the current standings in the Western Conference, big games to watch on Friday night. It's a huge weekend in Wolvesland. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend and uh, happy massive Timberwolves weekend. Two huge games. The Wolves could finish anywhere from technically still fifth in the Western Conference all the way down to ninth in the Western Conference. So we're going to break all that down here in a minute, update you on what happened Thursday, what is about to happen Friday night and previewing the weekend matchups. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So Thursday night, there were not too many games in the Western Conference that would potentially impact the Wolves, but... There are several games on Friday night that will impact what the Timberwolves' uh, final place in the standings might be. Um, so the Timberwolves don't play Friday, obviously. They, they have this weird season ending back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. Sitting here right now, coming into play Friday, though, the Wolves are alone in ninth place in the Western Conference. They are a full game behind the Lakers and Pelicans for seven and eight. The Lakers are in seven. The Pelicans are in eight. The Wolves do have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. They currently are tied with the Pelicans. So at this stage, I guess it kind of depends on what happens to the Pels on Friday night. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, the Wolves, the Wolves have a shot still at leaping both the Lakers and Pelicans. Now, um, I should also say the Thunder did win Thursday night. Uh, The Thunder won Thursday night. So they're a game and a half behind the Wolves, but that actually doesn't matter because the Wolves can't finish any lower than ninth because they have the tiebreaker over Oklahoma City. So the Wolves are in ninth. They're a game behind the Pelicans for eighth. They're a game behind the Lakers for seven. The Pelicans on Friday night will be taking on the New York Knicks. And, uh, I mean, the Knicks, like, don't have a ton to play for. So, I mean, in theory, like, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to try it out there. The Knicks are locked into f- to the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. Knowing Tibbs, though, I think he'll want to, I don't know, he doesn't like to rest guys, right? That's kind of the M.O., So we'll see, but that's a very winnable game at home Friday night for the Pelicans. If the Pelicans win and the Timberwolves win Saturday, then Sunday still matters because if the Wolves and Pelicans, if the Wolves beat the Pelicans Sunday, then they would have the same record and the tiebreakers. They'd be able to pass the Pelicans. The Lakers on Friday night are taking on a Suns team that took the, uh, that went to overtime. Who do they play? Um, I think it was Denver. Yeah, they beat Denver in overtime on Thursday night. So who knows if Kevin Durant even plays tonight, Friday night. If Kevin Durant doesn't play, um, you know, this is a very winnable game for the Lakers. The Lakers win. That puts them potentially, that does put them two up on the Wolves. The Wolves would need to win their last two and the Lakers would need to lose their last game in order for 
the Wolves to finish ahead of the Lakers. Golden State and the Clippers are each still two games ahead of the Wolves. The Wolves have the tiebreaker over both of them if they both lose their final two games. Wolves and Warriors split the season series, but if Golden State loses out and the Wolves win out, they would have identical records. The Wolves would win the conference tiebreaker. So the five and six seeds are still on the table for the Wolves. They just need to win their last two. The Clippers and Warriors both need to lose their last two. Seems unlikely. It absolutely is unlikely, but it's possible. Um, Golden State is at the Kings on Friday night. So again, the Kings don't really have anything to play for. The Warriors do. And then Sunday's at Portland, which we've talked about that. I mean, we all know what happened last time Portland played a Sunday matinee. So uh, again, unlikely, but possible if the Wolves take care of their own business. The Clippers take on the Blazers at home on Saturday and then go at Phoenix Sunday in a game where Phoenix won't have anything to play for in the final game of the regular season. So it's pretty unlikely that you're going to get both the Clippers and Warriors losing their final two and the Wolves beating both the Spurs and Pelicans, but it's possible. Um, More attainable would be the seven and eight seeds. If the Lakers lose... If the Lakers if the Lakers lose one of their last two, they split their last two games and finish with 42 wins and the Wolves win out, the Wolves get the seven seed. Because the Wolves would, in, in this scenario, also beat the Pelicans on Sunday. So you're rooting hard against the Lakers against Phoenix on Friday night. Uh, let's see, who do the Lakers have on Sunday? The Lakers have Phoenix Friday night coming off that, that overtime uh, win for Phoenix on Thursday. And then Sunday afternoon, it's Utah- Lakers. Um, so like, again, unlikely the Lakers lose both of those, or I guess they only do need to lose one of those games. The jazz, by the way, have been eliminated. So the jazz are out. The Mavericks are technically still in They're a half game behind the thunder. Both OKC and Dallas won their last game though. So, um, that's going to come right down to it, but the wolves could legitimately still get up to seven or eight in the Western conference outside shot at five or six. We've talked about the matchups a little bit, the most likely scenario, of course, is they stay in nine and host the Thunder in that 9-10 game. The Wolves beat the Thunder three out of four earlier this season. Okay, so he's been playing better of late, really, in general. Um, and it's not a team you really want to face in a single game play-in, in my opinion. I think the Wolves match up okay with OKC uh, because of the size advantage, mostly. But that would still make me a little bit nervous. And we'll spend more time breaking that down, of course, uh, if and when that becomes the matchup. If the Wolves finish in seven and eight against the Pelicans, which is possible, if that's the case, the Wolves would host the Pelicans, I think almost for sure, just based on tiebreakers, et cetera, and how this final weekend would shake out if that were to happen. Um, We've seen, we're going to preview the Pelicans matchup here, actually, uh, last segment of the show, getting ready for Sunday's game. But the Pelicans are a fun matchup for Minnesota. Without Zion Williamson, it's a a palatable matchup. It's one that the Wolves can win. But uh, each of the first two games, between these two teams were a ton of fun. We're close games came down to the wire. Um, so we'll, we'll preview that matchup here in a minute. And then the Lakers, I think the Wolves match up fairly well with. So if the Wolves end up in eight, the Lakers are in seven, or if the Lakers end up in eight, the Wolves are in seven. Um, that's actually not a bad matchup for Minnesota either. Where I'd start to get a little nervous is, is obviously as you climb up the standings, the Clippers are actually a pretty good matchup in five. So if the Wolves, I guess it's still possible if the Wolves end up in five or six and end up matching up with the Clippers. That's my favorite of those matchups in the middle of the Western Conference. Golden State would probably be somewhere towards the bottom. Like I think if I were to rank the my favorite matchups from five to 10, I would say the Clippers would be my favorite matchup. Then the Thunder. Uh, then the Lakers. Then the... 
Pelicans and then the Warriors, I guess. So that, yeah, the Warriors would be the one that I'd least want to match up with. And Dallas I'd put right at the top, obviously, if, if the Wolves did somehow play Dallas. Although I don't, I guess that's technically possible if the Thunder and Dallas switch spots here in the final weekend. But um, anyway, not not too bad in terms of the matchups that are possible there. If the Wolves end up in seven, though, of course, after the play-in, then you end up playing Memphis. If you end up in eight after the 9-10 play-in, if they finish in ninth or 10th, then you end up playing Denver. Um, neither of those are great matchups for Minnesota, but I would slightly prefer the Memphis matchup if it came down to it. All right. Speaking of matchups, I do want to preview Wolves Spurs. We have not seen the Spurs, believe it or not, since October. So I want to preview that matchup, who's actually playing, who's not for the Spurs, what they've been up to lately, how the teams stack up. And then we will close by stack by looking at how the Wolves stack up with the Pelicans in that big game on Sunday. So we're going to get to all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Nissan. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The player of the week for the Timberwolves this week has to be, has to be Carl Anthony Towns. With the way that he came through in that game against Brooklyn after having a rough game the game before. Now, remember, the Wolves have only played a couple games this week. But we have to give the award to Carl Anthony Towns. With the massive double-double, the Wolves running their offense through him on Tuesday, Towns was absolutely brilliantly fierce. He was fiercely elegant. He was stunningly powerful in the post against the Brooklyn Nets. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, only 1 turnover in that game. Shot 8 of 15 from the field. And that was on the heels of a, of a difficult performance on Sunday against Portland when he was in foul trouble, didn't get the ball in his hands enough, um, didn't get up enough shots. But 22 and 14 with strong post play, strong play down the stretch in a close game against Brooklyn. Carlton Towns absolutely is the Nissan most electric player of the week. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Carl Thady Towns delivered on duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong in the win over the Nets. That's exactly what the 2023 Nissan Aria does for you. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, let's look at this Timberwolves Spurs matchup. Like I mentioned a minute ago, the Wolves have not seen the Spurs since October. Uh, it was, what, October 24th and October 26th, and then October 30th. So the Wolves, remember, they saw them three times in six days, which is just crazy. And they lost two out of three. So this goes back to the the whole play to your competition thing, right? The Wolves, uh, at the time, now the Spurs started the season like five and two. So they were playing well at the time. But still, Minnesota, you know, struggling against the league's worst teams. We saw that against Charlotte and Indiana and, you know, Detroit, right? But anyway, when the Wolves faced the Spurs back in October, the last time they played them was October 30th, and the Timberwolves lost that game 107 to 98. Both teams looked very different at the time. The Spurs didn't look that different, I guess, but they've traded Jakob Pertl since then. Um, currently, we'll get into the guys that likely are not going to play against the Wolves on Saturday. But um, anyway, they were still led by Keldon Johnson, who's still playing and playing well for them. He had 25, 8, and 6 against the Wolves. Former Wolf, Kata Bates-Diop, has been, frankly, starring for them, given who they have on their team. He had 18 points that time around, too. The Spurs held the Wolves to just 98 points in that game, which is crazy. Um, I mean, the Wolves' offense obviously has gone through fits and starts, but the Spurs actually have the league's worst defense by rating. Currently, they are the 30th team in defensive rating, according to Basketball Reference. They held the Wolves to 98 points in this game. Carl Thady Towns had 26 and 11. D'Lo had only 10 points on 17 shots, a miserable shooting night. 
Edwards struggled too, 18 points on 18 shots. Gobert had only 9 and 12. This is just kind of one of those disjointed games. Jade McDaniels didn't do much. The bench didn't do much. Kyle Anderson had two points in 13 minutes in this game, weirdly enough. Um, it was a different time. I mean, Bryn Forbes played 19 minutes off the bench in this game, so he was still in the rotation. The Wolves fell to 4 and 3. The Spurs went to 5 and 2 after this game. Um, we'll talk about rebounding here in a minute. That was a problem for the Wolves in this game as it was for much of the first part of the season. The Spurs were a plus seven on the glass, had 14 offensive rebounds. Um, despite turning it over 19 times, the Spurs came out with a nine-point win in that one. So we'll talk about rebounding is going to come up again here in a minute. A few days before that, the Wolves did beat the Spurs by 12. That was at Target Center after having lost the two on the road to the Spurs. Um, so, or I'm sorry, one of those was actually at Target Center that they lost. Uh but anyway, the Wolves, the next time, or the time before when they played the Spurs, did get 34 points, nine assists from Anthony Edwards. They also had 21, seven and four from Carl Anthony Towns. D'Lo struggled in that game too, 12 and nine, five, and five of 10 shooting. They did get 20 from Jane McDaniels. Remember, he had a couple of those. He had that game against the Thunder early in the season where he was so dominant. Um, and then it was also a huge Jalen Noel game, 23 off the bench for Jalen Noel, made three threes, nine of 13 shooting. Um, so it was the Wolves perimeter guys that got it done, minus D'Angelo Russell. The Spurs, they got 27 from Keldon Johnson, and that was kind of it. Uh, Doug McDermott had good games off the bench in both of those against the Wolves uh, earlier this season, but it's unlikely he plays Friday. Kade Bates-Diop came off the bench in this game, and it still had 15 points against his former team. So um, rebounding also, again, an issue. The Wolves were minus 11 on the glass. Minnesota did not grab a single offensive rebound in this game. Now, they scored 134 points. There probably weren't all that many to be had. They shot 65% from the field, 59% from three in this game, the Wolves did. And by the way, it was seven of 12. Uh, but the Spurs had 14 offensive rebounds in this game. So that is absolutely something to keep an eye on. And if I'm looking at this matchup, that is the number one most important thing for me is offensive rebounding for the Spurs, or I should say defensive rebounding for the Wolves. The Spurs are playing hard. They've been playing decent lately, despite playing shorthanded. We'll get into the injury report here in just a second. But San Antonio is a really good offensive rebounding team. They're actually seventh league-wide in offensive rebound rate. They're not good at really anything else on either end of the floor. That's the only thing that, they fin- that they're like in the top 10 of that, that really matters, right, um, is offensive rebounding. They're a poor three-point shooting team. They don't shoot that many threes. They, don't, uh, they do play fast. They play at a high pace, which will be an interesting push and pull. With The Wolves like to play at a high pace. But their transition defense has gone through, again, fits and starts this year. It was so bad against Portland and the first half against Brooklyn on Tuesday. We'd seen it be better for a stretch, but earlier this season, it was a big issue too. So can the Wolves slow down the Spurs in transition? Can they defend the defensive glass? The Spurs are seventh in offensive rebound rate. Now, some of the guys that might not play, like for instance, um, Jeremy Sohan likely will not play in this game. And he makes a difference on the offensive glass. For much of this season, they had Jakob Pertl. He's not on the team anymore, so that's not a concern. He was he was the biggest issue when it came to offensive rebounding. So there are some players that won't be on the team that contributed to that you know strong offensive rebound mark for the entire season, uh, but that's still a concern because of how bad the Wolves have been at times, and especially earlier this season against San Antonio on the defensive glass. So defensive glass, uh, defensive or transition defense, and then also just running a clean offense. Like the Spurs are the 30th team in defensive rating. Minnesota should be able to score at will against the Spurs, but they're kind of middle of the pack in turnover rate. They're 17th overall in defensive turnover rate. They can turn you over. The Wolves have struggled mightily with turnovers lately. 
And that's that's a real concern of mine as well. So, uh, But really, if the Wolves run their offense, if they do anything similar to what they did against Brooklyn on Tuesday, just run the offense through Carl Anthony Towns, let Edwards play off of Cat, generate some offense that way, don't force the issue with isolation. Don't force the issue with, like, yes, play fast because that's your game. That's what Chris Fitch wants you to do. But don't get sucked into this crazy, wild back and forth. You know, that's what the Spurs want. They're playing a bunch of, similar to Portland on Sunday, they're playing a lot of G League type guys, a couple of more veteran players like a Bates Diop or a Keldon Johnson that want to play hard, play well to close out the season. You can't afford to get into like a loose ball fest where you're just diving on the floor for loose balls because the Spurs are going to beat the Wolves in that. We've seen that time and time again this season. Minnesota does not play hard consistently, will not play well in a scrappy game like that, at least not 48 minutes wise um, or 48 minutes worth, I should say. The Wolves' best, best chance in this game is to just simply play clean, don't turn the ball over, you know, just make enough shots to win this game and you should be totally fine. Uh Defend the the defensive glass, avoid allowing too many second chance opportunities, um, and you know, do your best to just control the pace, whatever whatever that means in this game. Um, but those to me are the are the biggest things in this game. Keldon Johnson again had really good games against the Wolves earlier this season. Um, he's not a great three point shooter, but he's pretty good at basically everything else. So trying to uh, I guess force him into tough shots would be would be a really um, would be advantageous for the Wolves. And then Bates Diop is really the only other guy who's been scoring, you know, with, with consistency lately. He had a really big game in the, uh, the overtime game the other night uh, for the Spurs. So uh, whatever the Wolves could do to force those guys into difficult shots, to defend the glass and to, um, to get out in transition and play a clean game when doing that would be the keys to this one. All right. uh, The next Matchup for the Wolves is a big Sunday game against the New Orleans Pelicans. We're going to go ahead and preview that matchup here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I meant to pull up the Wolves-Spurs line for Saturday, but I'm going to bet that the Wolves are probably seven-ish point favorites on the road, shorthanded Spurs team. Um, And, uh, I mean, the Wolves should be about full strength that they need this game, obviously far more than the Spurs do. We all know how that worked out on Sunday when they were 19.5-point favorites against the the Blazers. But go check out the line for uh, Wolves-Spurs on Saturday. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Wolves-Pelicans on Sunday is about as big of a regular season game as you could possibly get. Basically, unless the Pelicans were to win on Friday night and the Wolves lose Saturday, uh, that game would still matter in terms of seeding, most likely, but that would that's the only way that the Wolves would not be able to overtake New Orleans. If New Orleans wins Friday, the Wolves win Saturday, or if they both lose Friday and Saturday, the Sunday game would be an opportunity for the Wolves to leapfrog the Pelicans in the Western Conference standings because whoever wins this game would have the tiebreaker. So if they finish with the same record, it's whoever wins Sunday. Um, and, and in this scenario, that would be the Wolves, if, if, that's, if we're talking about them winning that tiebreaker. Um, the Pelicans 
are a relatively healthy team outside of Zion Williamson not being available. Um, they have had Jose Alvarado out for a while. He likely will is still out. Um, was the uh, they, they? I think they said towards the end of March that he'd be reexamined soon, um, but nothing there. Um, otherwise, this is a healthy team. The Timberwolves are a healthy team too, uh, and obviously Zion missing is a huge thing. When the when the Wolves and Pelicans played earlier this year, there were a couple of really exciting games. That first one, which was like right after Christmas, it was what December twenty eighth. That was that close game that the Wolves had a lead late, and then Zion Williamson ran through Jaden McDaniels, got the steal, and then the dunk in the open floor. He scores 43 points at the time of career high, and the Pelicans won that one by one. It was a game that the Wolves led for a good chunk of it, kind of back and forth in the fourth quarter. Just a ton of fun. For the Wolves, D'Lo had a big game in that one. He had 27. Ant had 27 as well. Gobert was quiet, 10 and 8. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns was hurt, uh, but... There was no Kyle Anderson in that game. He sat out with the back issue. And so Austin Rivers actually started for the Wolves in that one after, uh, again, between Christmas and New Year's. The Wolves did have a decent game from Nas off the bench, 13 and six. They got 14 from Jalen Noel. Uh, The Pelicans, like I said, had 43 from Zion. They also got 20 and six from CJ McCollum. Brandon Ingram did not play in that game. So that's notable too, right? The one game Pelicans win, no Brandon Ingram. McCollum and Zion Williamson carried the load for the Pelicans. Now, uh, a month later, late January, the Timberwolves beat the Pelicans by nine. And that game was also in New Orleans. Um, and Brandon Ingram did play in that game. It was actually his return from injury. Remember, it was his first game back. He only played 26 minutes, shot just four of 18 from the field. So he struggled in his return from injury. CJ McCollum had 25 and eight. And of course, there was no Zion Williamson. This was after his injury. So no Zion, but yes, Brandon Ingram. So the Wolves never had to play New Orleans this year with all three of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. This time around, they will get both in, in, excuse me, Ingram and McCollum. And McCollum had two strong games against them. McCollum always killed the Wolves back to when he, when he was with Portland. The Wolves always just seemed to struggle with slowing him down. And it goes back to smaller, quicker guards, especially when the Wolves play drop all the time. Uh, and CJ could just make a living from the mid-range or from outside the arc, uh, he has obviously has the range to do that. And the Wolves struggled with that over the years. They struggled with it earlier this season. And now, I mean, obviously the Wolves play drop primarily now too. CJ McCollum shooting 39% from three, averaging 21 a game. Um, he's the player that I'd be most concerned about in this game. I think the Wolves can match up okay with Ingram as long as Jade McDaniels doesn't get into crazy foul trouble. Now, last time out, what do you play against the Nets? 21 minutes with zero, or excuse me, 41 minutes with zero fouls. Uh, they need that type of performance. Now, it's going to be really hard to mock, to not commit any fouls guarding Brandon Ingram, presumably what his role is going to be, um, and then have Anthony Edwards take on C.J. McCollum. Now, last time, I mean, when the Wolves took on the Suns, I would have expected Ant to guard Devin Booker and uh, McDaniels to guard Kevin Durant. The Wolves really flipped that matchup for most of it. There was a little bit of, of um, interchanging there, but primarily it was Edwards guarding Durant, and um, McDaniels guarding Booker. This is another scenario where you would expect that McDaniels would guard Ingram, but perhaps they put McDaniels in his length on McCollum and just try and make his life difficult and just put Ant's strength, his size, on Brandon Ingram, try and make his life difficult, right? You would expect the bigger player to guard the bigger player, but flipping that allows you to be more physical with Brandon Ingram and use size to hopefully overwhelm CJ McCollum as much as possible. Um, and so I wouldn't be shocked if the Wolves did that. But this is another example of the Wolves having enough perimeter defenders. McDaniels and Edwards are both plus perimeter defenders. And Mike Conley is no slouch either. I know he's lost a step or whatever, but he's still a competent on-ball defender and a really good team defender. 
Minnesota has enough perimeter defenders to make this work. And if Gobert can be active enough on the back line, and we've seen this happen before where he's had these dominant games where he finishes with only two, three blocks, but he's altering more shots. He's making guys hesitate. We've also seen games where that hasn't been the case. He has to be on in this game against the Pelicans. Um, I mean, New Orleans doesn't shoot all that many threes. They're going to get into the paint. They're going to shoot some twos. Um, that's part of their game. Now, it's, I mean, Alvarado's obviously a big part of getting into the paint. He likely will not play Sunday. Um, and obviously not having Zion Williamson impacts that a little bit. CJ McCollum would much rather shoot from the perimeter. But Brandon Ingram mixes in um, getting into the paint, into his game. Um, he's also really deadly from the mid-range, which is another reason why this matchup is tough for the Wolves, similarly to the to the Suns matchup being so tough, right? Because Booker, Chris Paul, Durant all make a living in the mid-range. McCollum and Ingram are really good in the mid-range too. And the Wolves still struggle to guard the mid-range. Um, other things to look out for, another couple reasons why this matchup is tough. The Pelicans like to get to the free throw line. They're 10th in free throw rate. The Wolves continue to foul teams like it's their job. They, they just foul too much. The Pelicans draw a bunch of fouls. Again, Zion not being available does bring that down a little, but Brandon Ingram gets to the line six times a game. He's going to hunt fouls. He's going to get to the line a bunch. The Wolves need to do their best to avoid fouling him, which is another reason why perhaps Ant guards Ingram to try and protect McDaniels from foul trouble for a little bit. Uh, not because McDaniels is necessarily more important than Edwards to the Wolves, but because McDaniels is more prone to foul than Anthony Edwards um, in general. So uh, free throw rate and and fouling is another concern of mine for this game. And then offensive rebounding. Um, the Pelicans are 10th in offensive rebounding, another category that clearly Zion Williamson impacts in a big way. Um, but Jonas Valanciunas, obviously, uh, is, is a load. You have to worry about him, Larry Nance Jr. Um, this team can still offensive rebound even without Zion Williamson. Again, for the year, they're 10th in offensive rebound rate. They're 7th in defensive rebound rate, too, by the way. So a really good, a top 10 rebounding team on both ends of the floor, taking on a bottom 10 rebounding team on both ends of the floor in the Wolves. That's another concern. This just is not a great matchup for Minnesota. But without Zion, the Wolves certainly have a shot. And of course, playing at home and the final game of the season and all that stuff. This is this is a, um, it's not a perfect matchup, but it's a winnable matchup for the Wolves, nonetheless. So, to summarize the keys here, defensive rebounding, again, defending without fouling, again, um, and specifically defending Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum without fouling so you can keep Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels in the game. We talked about this on Thursday's show, but some of the Wolves' bench players have just not been good as perimeter defenders. Torian Prince has not had a good defensive year, for instance, and he would be kind of the next man up there. Obviously, Kyle Anderson would be in the mix, but uh, you need Edwards and McDaniels to stay on the floor in this game and keep their matchups. Um, and then, and then CJ McCollum in the mid range is what I would worry a lot about, which is one of the reasons why I think McDaniels might be the call to put on, uh, to put on McCollum and, uh, try and bother him with length and size. All right. That's all we have for you today. We, uh, will have postcast this weekend. Um, I believe we'll have Saturday. We'll definitely have Sunday, um, Easter Sunday, Marty and I will go live after Wolves Pelicans, the biggest game. Um, very likely Sunday will be the biggest regular season game. I don't know since game 82, that Wolves Nuggets game. And what was that? 17 or 18? Um, the Jimmy Butler playoff season. So uh, massive game on Sunday afternoon. We'll go live with the postcast after that. And then Monday's show will be the, um, the, the post game podcast from Sunday's game from Wolves Pelicans. So be sure to tune into that on Monday. And then we'll get right into previewing the playoffs that the Wolves play. If the Wolves end up in, um, in the seven, eight game, they would play Tuesday night. If they end up in the nine, 10 game, they play Wednesday, and then if they are losers in 
in uh, Tuesday, on Tuesday or winners on Wednesday. They would then play on Friday in the uh, the game for the eight seed in the Western Conference. So lots up in the air for next week still. We'll have shows every day of the week as always, and we'll do live postcasts after any play-in games that the Wolves participate in. So uh, be sure you're following and subscribe to Lockdown Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube to be notified when I go live with Marnie Gellner. Um, and a big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now make your second listen the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, and every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.